in 2019 where the streets were literally give me, flooded. Give me a clean Shibuya to work N- with, no, please. No, no, <laughs> You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Get ready to have a champion time in the first ever Pokemon Go Championship Series. I don't know about you, but rivalries make me twitch. What's that floating by? It looks a little cottony. Here's to one whole year of PvP and corners. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to episode 164 of the GoCast podcast. It's October 7th and I'd be lying if I told you it was a Tuesday evening because it is in fact not a Tuesday evening. It is a Thursday evening. My name is Chris, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm okay. Can you qualify that okay for me a little bit there? Uh... No, no. I mean, I, I, I'm okay. Like, I'm not As good. Is your right. I'm not bad. I'm just am. Okay, you are. You you exist. Therefore, you therefore, I you am. are. Yes, yes. That I have to respect that legally because I have a degree in philosophy. So I have to be like, hey, he said the thing, and let you go. Right. <laughs> Release you back into the wild. Sometimes I don't say this. Sometimes I say, you know, I'm okay. That's and then true. you wonder if I'm actually okay. Yeah. And then we kind of move on because I'm not entirely sure how much of us actually want to know, but I'm or scared of the answer. Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is episode 164, as I mentioned, uh, but also it's a little bit special and we won't mention this again just at the top. We are actually live streaming this for the first time ever on Twitch. So we're in front of a live studio audience, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> But without the fun laughs and things like that, and but we won't get anything thrown at us. So there is a pro and a con. But speaking of fans and uh, patrons from this week, we have three. There's two new patrons and somebody that increased their pledge. So shout out to Justin and Brian for becoming first time patron. Thank you so very much. And Charles increased their pledge. Thank you very much for your increased confidence at what we do here. <laughs> Hard to say what that is. I guess you be the judge. All right, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week. Are you excited for both of us to groan and be upset with ourselves? Yeah. Let's, right. Let's my do man. It. Okay. <laughs> 2,000 Pokemon in your storage. No, I didn't That's get there. two weeks in a row. You got to write I, this down. You did. No, 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 no. I didn't forget this time. I did it. I just, after clearing out a ton of storage, I got to the point where I actually had to start making decisions. And... I didn't have time for it at the moment. <laughs> so I'm at okay. 2,300. I would storage. say that's close, but it, but it isn't. I, I, I transferred over 2,000 Pokemon, so it's pretty close. <laughs> okay. Well, also, you, you did a good job. I just got a, a Genesect invite. Not doing that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I wouldn't have known, probably. It's kind of a no-brainer, that one, to be honest with you. We'll talk about Genesect in a second. What about some special research? Uh, I did. I really wanted to finish it. But then step four had Team Rocket Crunch, so I didn't. <laughs> okay. But you said you only would do some, so you, yeah. you did more than half. I, I felt real bad because I went out to go play on Tuesday before we were initially planning to record. Mm-hmm. I got to the Rocket Step, and then I 
drove around to hotspots that I play near for about 40 minutes, and I found three grunts in my okay. whole time. And I'm just like, I guess it's not happening tonight. <laughs> now, those uh, Team Rocket balloons, the Meowth balloons in particular, were really helpful for that stuff. I was, I would kept every time one showed up, I kept hoping it was going to be one, but I've only gotten one Meowth balloon. Really? Since it started. Yeah. Have you been gotten two, checking them? or uh, I just... definitely check at least three of my four a day. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good average. I feel like most people probably only see one or two unless yeah. they're really trying. Yeah. So, well, that's a... Sorry, that's a bummer. <laughs> but you still finished that goal. It was only some, so good for you. Uh, a douse drive genesect. Did you catch yes. at least one? I, I did. I did it the very next day from our recording. I'm like, someone invited me. Let's do it. And then I have not looked at it since. Oh, <laughs> all right. Nicely done. So that's uh, that's a two out of three for you. <laughs> wow. Are you just showing off because we're live this week? <laughs> two out of no, three is good for you. I could have just sat down and actually like gone through and gotten rid of a bunch of my shinies. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, for myself, I wanted to hit the 25 kilometer mark. I did not, not for this first week of our quarter four fitness challenge we're doing in the uh, Patreon Discord. So uh, that's a bummer. 30 eggs, yeah, way more than that. Special research, I finished it, and my Zarud is fine. 15 attack, can't complain. <laughs> 200,000 Stardust, I did do that, and also a Douse Genesect. I've gotten uh, many, many of them. Many. I've done like 10 plus. All right, so you're getting that XL. Sure am. Sure am. So four out of five. Four out of Not five. Bad. I win this week. Give me that belt. Yes. Yeah. I'll send you money for postage. It's kind of it's heavy. <laughs> did I win last week? I, I thought we tied last week, didn't we? We did tie last week. Okay. I'm pretty Which sure means you, you still kept have the, the belt. belt. Oh, wait. No, I had a perfect week the week before that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So you, so you still have the belt. <laughs> That's pretty much all there is to say about goals and such. Uh, and, and news this week, we're about to hop into it. Just a heads up. Uh, the news is kind of PvP centric. So don't expect the best <laughs> commentary, I suppose. So uh, why don't we just hop right into the news? Yo, what's going on? It's the news. All right. Got two pieces of news this week. The first piece of news, uh, well, Fish and DeFi are going to cover it later um, and more appropriately than our coverage would be. So we're just going to kind of run through a summarized version of it to give some ideas of our own because this does kind of set a precedent. It is kind of exciting. It's a new evolution of Pokemon Go PvP, but I'm just going to stop hyping it up. Let me just read it. Announcing the Pokemon Go Championship Series. The first Pokemon Go Championship Series is coming in 2022. Trainers around the globe will have the opportunity to battle against the best and earn an invitation to the 2022 Pokemon World Championships. During the first year of the Pokemon Go Championship Series, Pokemon Go will be featured at select events, including regional and international championships. Top Pokemon Go players at these events will earn an invitation to the 2022 Pokemon World Championships, these Pokemon Go events will have a senior and master age division. Oh, actually, it'll have more. It'll have uh, these Pokemon Go events will have senior and master age divisions. So several divisions, I guess, categorizes either senior or master. Be interesting to see how they there's not a lot of details on this, to be honest with you. So <laughs> we have a lot of questions as well. You'll be able to register for these play Pokemon play. Pokemon is like the Pokemon company's. Like overall competitive scene, this covers VGC, TCG, all of that good stuff. So Pokemon Go being, being brought into the fold officially is exciting. 
You'll be able to register for these events during a two-phase window. Trainers who achieve legend rank in the current Pokemon Go Battle League season will be able to register during a short early registration window, which will take place during the first few months of 2022. Once this window closes, trainers of any rank can then register for any remaining spots. Trainers will have until Monday, November 29th, 2021, to compete in the current Go Battle League season. The next Go Battle League season will grant entry to a second batch of live events. So this is how we're we're covering this. We're stopping here pretty much. I want to get some thoughts from Kyle, and I've got some thoughts of my own. But Kyle, go ahead first. Are you excited about actual competitive esports Pokemon Go PvP? Because I, I wasn't aware <laughs> that they fixed all the problems. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't realize that we had a big patch that that really solved, you know, lag issues, uh, auto attacks, not registering, you know, oh, the list man. goes on. But I, that's exciting to hear. <laughs> let's let's just pretend like that's not the elephant in the room for a second. <laughs> I think this is wild. Because it means that the Pokemon company actually respects what's happening on the PvP side of of Go. And that's pretty big. I, I definitely wasn't predicting it to happen maybe this soon. And sure. as you said, the PvP is kind of broken. Like <laughs> obviously, obviously it works enough that people can consistently get to ranks, but in a one-off like tournament style, it seems like that's going to be a problem. It's it's got to be like in a place where they can they can show data that the people that that play well consistently place higher than somebody else, so that there mm-hmm. is integrity in the system regardless of you know margins of error and errors in and of themselves, right within the game. Um, yeah, and I want to I want to point out to you just because I want to make you feel old for me right. too. The division, the age divisions has a link and it takes you to the Pokemon 2022 championship series information for like all of the games and stuff. There's a junior, a senior and a master's division. Do you want to know how they categorize who fits into which category? Yeah, let's do it. Let's break my heart right now. Junior division is for anyone born in 2010 and later. (laughs) Senior division talk. (laughs) <laughs> senior division is born in 2006 7 8 or 9 oh no and the master's division is born in 2005 or earlier what <laughs> what <laughs> what about us 90s kids what are they trying to where, tell us to get a job yeah where's the where's the Where's the geriatric born in before like 1997 or something? (laughs) (laughs) They're just like, no, you play with the 16 year old. It's okay. Go over to the nursing home division. We'll get you anybody born in 95 and later. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's it's, wild. It's great because it's like, they're like, okay, at 16, that's it. You don't get any more benefits. You just get to play with everybody who has always thought about Pokemon for their entire life. That's it. That's all you got. Yes, pretty much. But I suppose that that makes sense to a degree, right? Because where do they draw the line? Sorry, they have to draw the lines rather in places that would make it so that if you're a kid and you just want to try it and not just get smashed by an older kid at, you know, TCG or something like that. Yeah, it needs to be accessible to a degree. But even within the microcosm of children, like the capabilities of a five year old versus an eight year old, massive difference too, right? So 
I guess it's, it makes it, sense from that it perspective. It makes sense. It's just funny. Yeah. It's it's just funny. The senior division like almost exists at all. It exists specifically for what is that? Uh, twelve to fifteen year olds, oh. or something like that. Okay, I think that makes sense. You made a point uh, at the beginning of this conversation about how it's interesting that Pokemon, like TPCI, is acknowledging or has respect for Pokemon Go enough to bring them into the competitive fold under mm-hmm. their actual umbrella. And and I wonder if it's a combination of that's kind of always been there for sure. And maybe the reason why it hasn't happened yet was, well, A, obviously pandemic put a, a big stop on a lot of things that were in place for everybody everywhere, including these companies. But also, too, like if they wait any longer, do they feel like it might say something about the legitimacy from their eyes? Like it would just be bad optics. They're like, oh, Pokemon won't even acknowledge Pokemon Go's yeah, legitimacy. And so like this hit a point where they calculated that we got to say something now, got to get it included now, no matter what stage it's in. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, what the 2022 world championships championships aren't until when, when is it the middle or it's got to be the end almost of 2022. Cause it said they're going to be a second go battle league season worth of entry. Yeah. So like, next july yeah it's probably earliest? it's probably midsummer i would say late middle summer it's gotta be I'm, I'm just checking the article real quick to see if it says it doesn't look like it does hmm. just says it's going to be in england in well 2022 i imagine we're going to get more details about this uh again this is just kind of like a meta conversation of wow this is actually happening and this is hype but also we're surprised it's actually yeah. happening right now I, it's uh, it's yeah. cool I, how much I'll actually end up watching whenever it comes around, you know, we'll see. I'd also like to clarify that even though Kyle and I are not big, big PVPers, we're not bashing PVP. This is what PVPers say about PVP. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love this. It's broken. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to the second piece of news here, which is Twitch Rivals featuring Pokemon Go. So Twitch Rivals is apparently a, a Twitch thing that they do where they, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they feature a game and they do activities or whatever. I am familiar enough with Twitch Rivals that when I saw this announcement, I was like, how is that going to work? <laughs> well, let's read on and find out because it's actually quite interesting. Trainers were excited to announce that Pokemon Go will be featured in Twitch Rivals Mobile Showdown presented by Samsung, 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 Samsung. Not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. Tune into the Twitch Rivals stream on Wednesday, October 13th at 3 p.m. PDT to watch high profile streamers team up and duke it out in a catch and battle event for prizes. In this format, trainers will battle with Pokemon they catch during the event. It'll be an exciting challenge that'll test these trainers overall skills. All right. Put a bookmark on the phrase high profile streamers. All right. Phase one. Catch. Teams will have one hour to catch as many Pokemon as possible to create their battle parties. Participants will use brand new accounts with unique gameplay settings, and they'll need to strategize and collaborate with their teammates. Phase two is battle. There's only two phases. Phase two is battle. Teams will battle with the Pokemon they caught in a round robin tournament, which is actually just like a really fat robin. Yeah, like spherical. Uh, specific rules will be in place to add a new level of depth and strategy. Be sure to show your, be sure to show your support with hashtag Pokemon Go and hashtag Go Battle on the day of the stream. Let's go. 
All right, Kyle, uh, takes in, in particular, I want to hear what you have to say about high profile streamers. Uh, okay. I'll save that for last then. Okay. This is kind of wild. Like it's the last thing I would have expected to come from Pokemon go like period. Yeah. If you had told me they were going to do this in January, I, I would have told you that you're crazy and that's a ridiculously terrible idea. Niantic would never go for it. I still don't know if it's a good idea, <laughs> but, but Niantic's going for it. <laughs> but they're doing it and it's it's kind of wild. Yeah. Like unique gameplay settings is a is a big one there. I don't the obviously the one hour to catch is kind of the the great equalizer, but I don't I, I feel like there's gotta be something more to it than just catching what is spawning currently because it's October. Cause that's that's hard to do in an hour. No, I would imagine it's it's far more curated than all that. Yeah, you know, it's specific accounts are are the accounts gonna exist on their own spawning pool? Are there just gonna be a ton of Pokemon to catch and they can kind of go for it? Like these are a lot of things. And they are going to be streaming the the catch phase. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, so, I will actually be most interested in that because the 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 next point, high profile streamers. The whole point of Twitch Rivals is to have people not necessarily known for the games also taking part. Like that's that's one of the big ones. And I don't know how that I don't think that works very well for Go PvP in, mm. in particular. Yeah, that's it's not exactly a pick up and play situation for that. I don't think. Yeah, it's it's um, not like they've done Twitch Rivals for like Among Us, for example. That's a pick up and play scenario. You don't need anything except to play the game. I guess, but at the same time, they're going to be put into teams, right? So yes. they could partner if they choose to go that route where they have some people brought along that are like, what's Pokemon? Uh, they could team them up with somebody and be like, hey, buddy, you want to catch these and things like that. And that would create they, some interesting conversation because that would that would capture anybody watching who also is like, what's Pokemon or people that are just like, oh, yeah, I downloaded that app two years ago and I played it for three days. It would help them kind of get themselves back up to speed as well. It's smart from a marketing perspective. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely how they've done it for other games, too. I can't think of another Twitch rival off the top of my head, mostly because I've I've never really cared about them. This is the first time I've heard about it, to be honest with you. Really? You've never yeah. heard about Twitch Rivals? No, yeah, I've been running it for a couple of years now. I'm embarrassed because I, I like Twitch. I'm on Twitch frequently. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've done League of Legends tr- Twitch Rivals as well. I'm pretty sure that's where it started mm-hmm. before it branched out to other games. Mm-hmm. So this is it's really cool. Like what is happening is really cool. I just hope it pans out. That's kind of I'm very skeptical about it actually working out. Did you watch any of the uh, the Ghost Squad stuff from like, I don't know, several years ago where they had them doing some challenges like running around, catching particular no, Pokemon and things like all. that? Oh, not OK. If it's going to be anything like that, I'm really interested. Uh, but it really depends on a your production crew editing is key with that sort of stuff. And if this mm-hmm. is going to be live, it'll be that much trickier to to only get the good stuff. Because there's a lot of dead time in, in Pokemon Go, especially when you're catching. It's a lot of looking at your phone, walking around. So I really like the image of it is always going to be a two-person team, somebody who barely knows or doesn't play Pokemon, and then somebody who knows how to play Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And the person who knows how to play Pokemon Go is not playing the game. They can only talk to the person. So the person who's playing has to catch all of the Pokemon, has no idea how to throw a curveball. Yeah. 
And they're constantly <laughs> trying to tell him, like, no, 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 no. You need to catch the Toxicroak right there because it's going to be really good and round out the rest of your team. And they're like, which one's the Toxicroak? <laughs> <laughs> A Toxa who now? <laughs> that would just, it would just be so entertaining. And I think, I doubt it, that's how it's going to play out, but. I think in the future, it's a good idea to use. Yeah. And either way, it, this is going to get me to tune into Twitch Rivals uh, for the first time, I guess, for myself. <laughs> so, yeah, this is exciting. I'm interested to learn more about this. The two-phase thing is interesting, and we are kind of extrapolating out, you know, from from your informed information from having seen this before, what you think a good guess is going to be. But none of this is kind of confirmed. So, I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and it's, see. It's only five days away, so oh yeah, that look long at that. We have to wait, dang, <laughs> six yeah. days technically. It is October seventh. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I still think it's September for some reason. Uh, That's I'm not gonna, good. I'm gonna be in the middle of my work day for that one, so I will see what everybody else is saying while I'm at work. I could like record it, and then you and I could watch it later together. I'm sure the vods will be somewhere. Come on, Chris. Yeah, that would be. F- yeah, but don't you want to like get my janky, really cruddy recording? <laughs> no, and no, uh, no. like, oh, actually, I switched windows, and this is like 30 minutes of me playing Final Fantasy 14 instead. Whoopsies. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the news, which means we're going to uh, head on into Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to talk about Galarian Slowking. And I'm sorry in advance, I don't have any punny titles for this one. This is a hard This is a hard one to work with. All of the working titles uh, fell flat. But we didn't mention it in the news. Galarian Slow King was teased on Twitter yesterday, Wednesday, I think. Days kind of blur together. I think it was yesterday. But yeah. So it's, it's probably coming for the Halloween time, which is a little bit strange. It's not a ghost or a dark type. But poisons do tend to share a lot of those common typings and stuff like that so i i'm of the opinion it doesn't fit i I think chris agrees but he's not as negative about it as i am i I don't know he's a king what am i gonna say Uh, uh, there there is a level of pageantry that i am willing to observe that i understand that you are not (laughs) so galarian slow king he's a poison psychic type is his stats are 190 attack, 180 defense, 216 stamina. Not very good overall stats. A little thick, like two C's. I think at level 50, it maxes out at 3067 CP. So pretty low. But its move pool that we know currently, this could change, although. It has been pretty consistent. They haven't changed an unreleased move set before release in a little while now. I actually can't remember the last one that made a big enough difference to matter. They changed Aegislash's potential move set, but it's not out yet, so it doesn't count. Fast moves. Acid, Confusion, and Hex. Two of those are very bad. Which two is it? <laughs> Acid and Hex are not, not great. Oh, not great. For charged moves, it's, it's also not not super great. Which Future two Sight, is it? Oh, sorry. Future Sight, <laughs> Sludge Wave, and Shadow Ball. Now you can ask. Oh, which two <laughs> is it? Well, Shadow Ball is actually pretty great, all things considered. Yeah. So Future Sight, Sludge Wave, not great moves. Wait, so, but 
but you could run full ghost. You could do hex shadow ball. And doesn't hex have like really fast energy charge? Uh, I mean, uh, yes, yeah, for it, for PvP, yeah. Okay, right. okay, okay, it, okay. Confusion's also pretty solid in PvP, and that's not mistaken though. True. So it's good damage for for the energy as well. Yep. But I also did not note its PvP move set here, so that's my fault. I will I will get that in a second. <laughs> How could you? Uh, but for stab, if you wanted to use it for PvE for whatever reason, it actually has two sets of stab moves, which is very rare for dual type Pokemon. <laughs> and neither of them use Shadow Ball. Yeah, and neither use Shadow Ball. <laughs> uh, Confusion of Future Sight, if you want to go psychic, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Espeon is better. Just just use Espeon if you need a budget option. And chances are you have a shiny Espeon now. <laughs> so there you go. Use that, use that green boy. Mm-hmm. Acid Sludge Wave for Stab Poison. It could be worse, I suppose, <laughs> is, is the takeaway from this one. <laughs> I'm not listing any numbers here. I'm not going to confuse anybody. I don't want you to think too highly on this one. No matter. But Poison Types aren't that great <laughs> in Pokemon Go. In, in general, kind of, they, they they don't work so well in the main series game either, but Poison as a debuff is really strong. They should bring that into Go PvP at some point, but I'm just spinning my wheels. It is serviceable as a Poison type, but I would never, ever tell you to use it. Okay, good. You also don't like Poison types, man. But there are just... There, Every time that poison is a viable attack type, there is another type that that type is weak to that is better. What is poison super effective against? Fairy. What else is super effective against fairy? Steel. What do we have for a steel type attacker? Sky attack Moltres. <laughs> Metagross. Metag- <laughs> and and so it's just just Metagross. Like, <laughs> yeah, but. And but, if you don't have Metagross, use Excadrill. Excadrill is a solid uh, passable steel-type attacker. Um, Dialga, if you want to go legendary, again, steel-type attacker. It's just, I, I don't think there's a scenario where a Poison-type is better than the alternatives. Just a short comment on PvP, because okay. uh, it's, it's not out in PvPoke's rankings, so I just have to run simulations really quickly I did not alter all of the scenarios, which means this accounts for stuff like baiting with shields, which is very hit or miss. You you either get it or you don't, and it can change the game. In Great League, in this scenario, against the meta, 15 wins, 43 losses. But 15 wins. Not good. The biggest takeaway is that by being poison type, it makes it neutral against other psychic types, which means mm-hmm. it loses to psychics. It loses to dark. It loses to uh, some of the ghosts. It beats Haunter, but I think it loses to Jellicent. Ground. <laughs> ground, yeah. <laughs> who's, who's ground in, in Great League? I can't. Uh, people, mean, people that are still trying to stuntist? push their Garchomps through <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, re- regular Stunfisk, I suppose, is is ground in yeah. in Great League, but it it does beat 
some other poisons like Toxicroak, for example, beats Machamp because it's it's got the the psychic there. Beats some grass types with its poison move sets like Venusaur and Chestnut. But again, all of this it's it's very precarious. It it could go the other way very quickly. Glaring Slowking doesn't doesn't look to shape up very good. Ultra League, nineteen wins, forty one losses. It's, better. It's it's better, and it's not even actually worth going into detail because the basically the logic applies. It's not not great, and it's also worth noting that the recommended move set from PV Poke is Confusion, Future Sight, and Shadow Ball. So maybe someone's going to find somewhere where Hex works a lot better. But I guess we'll have to wait until somebody actually tries that when it comes out. And lastly, there's Master League. And all I have here is let's just not with Master <laughs> League. Yeah, let's not do that. It, Like I said, it maxes out at like 3,000 at level 50. So it's just no. It's it's awful. Now, is there any love for Galarian Slowking? Not not really from me. I, I like Galarian Slowbro better, personally. And I think regular Slowking is cooler. I don't think it's fair to compare the evolutions. I, I, think, I disagree. I think they're so super different. No, I, I dis I think I think Galarian Slowking is is goofy. It looks really goofy. I disagree. I think so. the The coolest thing about Galarian Slowking is the fact that the eyes take place of of the of the Slowpoke's eyes underneath. I I don't. Do you not, I think, you really don't like that. I think it's a design that works much better, and it's this is a flaw that Game Freak has had now for two and a half generations that works better in a two D sprite than it does in a three D model. Because once you put this model into three D. Suddenly, those eyes are actually six inches off of his forehead instead of like right in front of the face because it's flat. And it just, it looks weird. I don't know. Side profiles and straight ons, those are different. You know, yeah, they are, but because they're now 3D models, you have to take into account the model. I guess. I've seen the 3D model for this. And I just don't feel the same way. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't. So, but, but you like Galarian Slowbro better, is what you're saying. Yeah, I like I like Larian Slowbro. It's, the, it's, the Mega yeah. Man crossover. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay, all right, fair enough. Understood. So to answer your question, yes, there is love for Galarian Slowking. I love Galarian Slowking. All right, is that it? Yeah, that's all. Okie dokie. Thank you, Mister Kyle. That means we're in the Pokalore section, and this week we're going to be talking about uh, a, a line of Pokemon that have just been kind of all over the place God. and have also been important in Little Cup. Uh, so I thought, hey, we should talk about them. Of course, we're going to be talking about Cottony, the Cotton Puff Pokemon, and Whimsicott, the Wind-Veiled Pokemon. So first up is Cottony. Cottony is blown around by the wind because of its lightweight composition. The only circumstance in which it cannot be blown by the wind is when it has been soaked by rain, which weighs it down and makes it soggy. That sounds like a, also a bad situation <laughs> to me. Afterwards, this Pokemon will stay under a tree until it dries so that it may be blown by the wind again. During the mating season, the mating season, apparently it's just, just one, cottony blow in the wind in large groups. Its cotton can be used as a defensive mechanism that aids in self-defense. 
That was such a weird sentence. So, so is the cotton like made of steel? Can I weave it into my medieval armor as an undercoating? I mean, cotton guard, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but it it's cotton can be used as a defensive mechanism that aids in self defense. Yeah, as opposed to what? Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, I it's mean, defec- as, as, it's offensive mechanism. Would it be like defensive for other things besides itself? I, I don't. I just don't. I mean, I suppose it, it could be a defensive mechanism when it is attacking another Pokemon. Uh, like right. self defense implies it okay. is prey. I suppose. Sure. Okay, understood. Cotton is cotton is used to manufacture top quality pillows and beds that are so soft, puffy, light, and airy. <laughs> When Eldegoss's cotton is weaved together with cottonese, it makes a cloth that is popular with many luxury brands. You, you, you mispronounced a Pokemon here. It's Eldeboss. Eldeboss. That's El- right. Eldeboss's cotton. Shout out to DeFi. <laughs> All right. Next up is Whimsicott. Whimsicott can manipulate its body to pass through cracks no matter how narrow. What? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, that's important. <laughs> it takes advantage of this ability as a notorious prankster, moving what? things and leaving cotton balls behind. However, should it get wet, it will be too heavy to move and answer for its pranks. <laughs> Despite weighing 14.6 pounds or 6.6 kilograms, <laughs> Whimsicott appears capable of riding upon the wind. That would be close. <laughs> But whether this is <laughs> Wonder Woman, but whether this means they actually generate whirlwinds themselves or get carried by wind currents remains unclear. It's apparently a mystery. <sighs> yeah. Wait, no, hang on. That's not unclear. You just put it in a room. Is there a whirlwind or is there not a whirlwind? I, Come I, on. Look, I guess I, they had I need I need the Pokemon professors to get on this. This is not a hard They're not actually doing work. <laughs> this is not a hard scientific experiment to do. Well, maybe they like get them in there and the Whimsicott's like, Whimsicott, and then just finds like a crack between boards. It's like, I'm out of here. See you later, Whimsicott. Whimsicott likes to spend time in the sunlight in order to grow its cotton, though it will tear off and scatter the cotton should it start to build up too much. So they like shed. That's pretty well, that's cool. good. At least it takes care of itself. Yeah, but so we have to blame Whimsicott for allergy <laughs> season, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, stats. Max CP at level 40 is 2014. And at level 50, 2277. Kyle, I thought God. you thought it couldn't get any lower than Galarian Sloking, but God. here we are. Uh, stats are 155 stamina, 176 defense, and 164 attack. Also known as don't don't invest in this Pokemon. Best move set, Razor Leaf and Energy Ball? I have a question mark here. Because uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, apparently Whimsicott or Cottony are, are good in a little cup somewhere yes cottony at some is. point cottony so is. so you know there you go yep I, I invest in cottony i suppose what level does cottony be need to be to do little cup hi is it one of those level 40 situations i can tell you i have one no why do you have one because i've taken part in the little cups i like them oh god what that's i need it i need to see what's if, the hate I man need to see if whimsicott actually can do anything either Give me a second. It's like level 30 something, I think. Let me I see. Mean, oh, Whimsicott's not ranked too low uh, in Great League. 81 with Charm, Grass Knot, and Moonblast. Whimsicott, really? Yeah. Uh, my Cottony has Charm, Seed Bomb, it's, and Grass Knot. It seems like, it seems like someone can obviously correct, correct me if I'm wrong at some point. It's just a Charmer, though. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I feel like another he's charmer, a little has, charmer. Got, 
has got to do the job better and right, you're well, only using it because you like it, which I guess no, is okay. No, it's good in Little Cup. No, no, that's that's cottony. Oh, you're talking, talking about Whimsicott in Great League. Okay. Well, so. there's that family. Kyle, do you like cottony or Whimsicott? No, no, I do not. You don't even like the name Whimsicott? No. I, I have very, very little love for these Pokemon, and I probably never thought twice about them before they were uncommon in Go for like the first year that they were out. Hmm. Remember when they came out, everyone's like, this thing is so common. Why can I only find one in the entire event? Uh, well, it was also new at the time. Yeah, that's that's the point, though. But it's like when they release a new bird and you can't find it and you're like, but this should be a common one. Yeah, but but <laughs> just because they're common in the game. OK, well, legendaries are also rare in the games and you can go raid 10 of them on a Tuesday evening. You know, or sorry, Wednesday evening. Like, so what? That, yes. that that doesn't transfer from the games. I mean, there there are people who who debate about that though, who think that that is slightly problematic. So yeah, I'm but, just saying. but none of us care. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying that, that there there is the group that talks about that. I I guess, but but those but those are the sorts of players that are more like we play Pokemon Go outside, but we play other Pokemon games inside. Yeah, yeah, you know. Whimsicott has a good shiny though. Yes, I like it. It's, the, it's got blue, right? It it's cotton turns white. Its skin skin quotes turns black, and it's like green tufts. I don't know what you call those like horns. Those horn things, yeah. Turn blue. Ooh, I like that. That's what's nice. It's it's good. I, I I like that shiny. I would I would like that shiny. Okay. Well, there you go. So. There you are. That's Cottony and Whimsicott, uh, which means we're we're already at Pokepole, Kyle. So last week's question was, if you could travel anywhere to play Pokemon Go, where would you play and why? First response from Nine Thistles. They said, I don't have a specific place in mind as I enjoy playing Pokemon Go wherever I go. But if I were to plan a trip around Pokemon Go specifically, it would be a small town. I quite enjoy walking around small towns and the poke stops slash gyms can lead you to really interesting hole in the wall places. For example, there's a place in Colorado called Westcliff and holy cow that I have a great time strolling up and down the main drag, exploring, going to places that wouldn't catch my eye. That's a great take there. It's not what I would have thought of, but they're called points of interest for a reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah, back in 2017, 2018, I went on a trip to New York and uh, Central Park, the POIs are. So Central Park is filled with a bunch of stuff that pretty much only locals know about. But the POIs were bringing me to a bunch of really interesting places I would have never seen off the beaten path, quite literally, like in trees and stuff. It was neat. Very neat. Just not around here because all we have is benches and graveyards. Yeah, is here is benches signs to tell you what type of tree that tree is <laughs> and like swing sets answer i get it <laughs> this next one is from zizzy b i would love to convince my husband to take me to disney world as the best place for pokemon go incidentally he loves disney world and i love disney world so it would just be great fun for the two of us together yes Yes, Disney World. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. seen screenshots. I, it looks crazy. So I went to Disney World in 2016 
right after I started working at Starbucks, but this is before I'd met Chris and I was not playing go at the time. And end of story, just a little bit of sad, sadness. Oh, <laughs> that's it. Everybody pack it like, up. That's the now story. Now that I think about it, I'm like, I could have been playing. I could have been playing go. But, but who knows if it would have been that good at that point in time. I, I bet it was pretty great at the time. Probably. Probably. This next one is from Modders. Hello, gents. It has to be the U.S. of A. And Chicago in particular. Don't get me wrong. The idea of popping over to Japan and living the pogo dream is mind boggling. But for me, the opportunity to nip over to Chicago, grab a swift malort and a solid grind session with Chris, a few trades with Kyle and a raid train and a game of blackjack with Moo just fills me with absolute joy. FYI, I'm bringing Kelvin with me <laughs> and Justin meet us there. I I would love to see modders and Moo just going for rates just yeah yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome modders does raids modders also hatches eggs but <laughs> he beat me so. a quarter three <laughs> did you see that he okay so uh, so we, we do a we do a fitness challenge on our patron discord and we have it broken up by quarters and quarter one and quarter two i killed it for the eggs and modders is like oh i guess i'll participate does like twice as many eggs as i did i was like oh my god yeah, I, I just <laughs> I want to say I was super jealous and I heard you guys went and caught a soccer game. You and, and Kelvin. I'm sorry. Football. Don't yell at me. Matters. I, I've been watching since I was a kid. An Arsenal game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ars- I don't I don't care about Arsenal, Manchester United. But anyways, mm. I don't know if that's going to make matters upset or or not. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll hear about it in, in about four days. <laughs> Tagging me on Discord. Yes. But yeah, I would I would totally love to go over, play Pokemon Go, catch a game. Oh man, yeah. And if you came here, and and if we had if we had our own little like Discord meetup like that, oh, I would I would be really happy too. That'd be amazing. Next answer is from Tuba Boy Fifty. As much as I would love to travel the rest of the world to catch the rest of the regionals, I would one hundred percent travel to Japan over and over again. I've been fortunate to have been able to travel to Tokyo twice since the launch of the game. And I will say that no other place that I've been to compares both in game and in real life to experience a Mewtwo raid hour in Shibuya in 2019, where the streets were literally flooded with Pogo players of all ages really brought me back to 2016. Also, I can attest that Kinshicho station is as intense as advertised. But more than anything else, my favorite memory of this game has and forever will be the experience of the day my wife and I registered our Pokedex Farfetch'd. The day started when we traveled to a suburb of Tokyo that had no tourists, that no tourist has any right of being in to catch our Pokedex Girafferig at an advertised nest at a local park. Nice. <laughs> right after that, we hopped back on the train across the city to Hibiya Park to an advertised shuckle nest. About five minutes in, we see the silhouette of Farfetch'd on the screen. To put this in perspective, this is February 2017, and prior to the nearby system being implemented worldwide. So this was hunting old school style. Oh, the three footsteps, really? We're about five days into our trip and about to leave in a day and a half. So to say I was nervous about leaving Japan without a Farfetch'd was an understatement. We proceeded to hunt high and low for the next 30 minutes for that darn leak duck, when finally on a side alley, it pops up and we catch our CP-13 level 1 Farfetch'd. At that point, I didn't care, and I will never transfer that Farfetch'd for anything. Lastly, Tokyo might be the safest place in the world to play this game, 
As a game that encourages exploration, you can literally go almost anywhere in Tokyo and not have to worry about your personal safety. Thank you, GoCast Chris and GoCast Kyle, for this week's PokePoll and finally giving me an outlet to share this story of my favorite Pokemon Go memory. I'm jealous. I want to play in yeah, Japan that, so badly. That's great. Yep. Kyle and I actually had been preparing to make a trip to, to Japan last year, and things happen, quite obviously. Yeah. And this year, things are continuing <laughs> to happen, quite honestly. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a plan in the future. Uh, I can't wait. It's the yeah. screenshots, the videos I've seen, oh, man. and oh, people's wow. anecdotes like this one. Oh, my gosh. That looks awesome. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Rather. It's a great. It's a great story, too. Yeah, it is. Praise be the level one far-fetched. Yeah. Uh, and this next one is from Wayne J. Chen. I would love to go play in Taiwan. I stopped playing uh, in after a couple of months in 2016. I started back in 2018 because after watching the Sun and Moon anime, I wanted to catch a Litten. I figured surely Go has a Lola in Pokemon by now. <laughs> oh, no. I was kind of right, but mostly wrong. <laughs> that's like, that's going to be the name of my autobiography. Kind of right, but mostly wrong. Anyway, a few weeks after I restarted, I took a trip to Taiwan. It was there I fell in love with Go. In my town, there weren't many stops and maybe a couple of gyms. In Taiwan, they were everywhere. The problem was I didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't played since 2016. I remember at one point riding the bus past a huge group of people. There were at least 50 people looking at the game and loudly exclaiming, that's a raid. Then seeing someone staring back at me, I had a friend who wanted me to catch a rhetorical, but I never saw one. So now I want to go back to Taiwan and play now that I know what I'm doing and get my friend her torkel, which means I'll also end up playing in the Netherlands because that's where she moved. All right, Chris, give me your, give me your best torkel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think Torkel are just born old. Yep. Exactly. Uh, no, but that yeah. sounds awesome. Uh if if you uh if you end up playing in the Netherlands, you gotta let me know how that is too. I don't really know what playing in the Netherlands is like other than what I've seen from reversals videos and stuff like that. But I would assume he goes to specific places to play. So I don't know if the Netherlands are as much of a Mecca as other places. Taiwan, I would imagine quite a, a go hub <laughs> in and of itself. Next response is in the form of an email from Butta B. They said, hi, Chris and Kyle, Butta B here. My answer to this week's poker poll is obvious. The moon. That's right. The thing that follow us around that we just can't get rid of. Just think <laughs> of all those poker stops like the big crater, the small crater, or even Oh, an alien, if you're lucky. Imagine all the Rayquaza and Deoxys you could catch just floating in the low gravity of the moon. Shiny vibes all, but a B. P.S. What about Princess Leela Pup as a Star Wars name? Princess Layla Pup? Layla Pup? Layla Pup, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the idea of Pokemon Go in space. I think that would be great. I just, I just, I like the idea of a Deoxys nest. Just on the moon. <laughs> it's there's just clearly more than one. There's, there's no, clearly more than one. I, I mean, yes, yes. But I feel <laughs> it's just a bunch of deoxys just laying in a pile. Some are like, I wish we had a house. No- noodle, noodle boys, just just all just it's a giant pile of spaghetti. It's just it's a bowl of orange and, and blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, and to this week's Poke Poll. Let's pretend that Niantic has announced that a previously held community day is coming back next month. 
Which returning Pokemon would you like to see and why? You have an answer already, Chris? Oh, there are actually quite a few answers for me. Uh, and some of them are selfish. So I would encourage everybody, don't think about what's best for the general player base. What's good for you what's as a choice? For you? Because I'm going to say a couple of things that's going to make Kyle probably fall out oh, of his chair. All right. So Charmander for a third time, because okay. I have two 100s I need to I, max out. I, I hate you. <laughs> but I feel like that's actually a possibility because... <laughs> It's really popular. Um, Give it a second charge move. And if you unlock another charge move before you evolve it, you get both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dratini, because I missed it. Okay, that's so, fair. But so you've gotten like five since then. Come on. Yeah, but I still want to have the experience of a Dratini community. It sounds awesome. Okay. Um, so those two. And then lastly, I would love to see Cyndaquil brought back with a much better move. Okay, sure. Okay. And now I know he got Blast Burn, but... Something that makes uh, yeah. Typhlosion so, viable. I don't nah, care what it I is. I don't think it exists. I know. Does Typhlosion have a move nobody else learns that they can make super OP? No. I mean, it, it does It does have Solar Beam in its kit, which is pretty cool. Oh, my God. But so does Ho-Oh. So, uh, yep. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? All right. I have I have my answer for this. Um, you know, it's, it's my answer for this all the time. Sitting on it forever. It, it's Mudkip. It's literally the only community day in three years of playing the game that I didn't get to attend willfully. There's a couple yeah. that I skipped because I didn't need them or I only played a little bit. It's the only one I flat out missed entirely. And I'm kicking myself to this day <laughs> over and over and over again. Please, for the love of God. I'm sorry you missed it. That one is just like... <laughs> And 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 you know so that one's important. It it's, turned it's, out to be so important. It's like one of the least likely to be rerun because they want to keep the value of the XL candy high, and so they can't do that if they make it another community day. Yeah, I would agree. Do you have a secondary choice or a third choice? I kind of went for it, man. So, um, not really. I'm I'm kind of more or less happy. With, you don't with, want another ghastly community day with I got different moves or something? I got 44 of them. <laughs> yes, you did. I got 44 of them. I've got like 7,000 candy. I've got enough for at least one XL. So, yes, I would like it because it was like the month before XL came out. Yeah. So I would go hard for the XL. But I, I don't, that's not the biggest reason for me to pick one. So, okay. Understood. I, and now just to answer for anyone who's curious, I was going to actually like rage quit if Chris said another another Weedle community day. No, no, I'm not that crazy. I'm just going to no. just I will pull the power on my computer. <laughs> there will be no record of the recording. <laughs> uh, well, uh. I, but I mean, I was in my the back of my head. I was like, man, I really want to see Caterpie and Machop, but they never got community days. So they Machop got a community day. Machop didn't get a community. Though. Yeah, it did it? It finally, it finally, it happened. Oh yeah, we got payback. Isn't that right? We and did. It, like, it finally did happen. It was after XL came out, so it was actually a big deal to get that XL. That's candy. right. The, the you know what's you know what's stronger in my brain than, than the positive? Sorry, the, the neutral memory of Machop community day the was trauma. that Machop lost in that vote. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We had a Machop community day as I'm scrolling through like my 15. Sh- oh, that's the wrong screen. But these, like, you know, a million shinies of these guys. You're right. How quickly we forget. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, if you find folks at home or wherever the case you know is for your location, driving or at somebody else's home, outside, on the moon even, looking at those sweet POIs up there, if you, dear listener, would like to answer the question, let's pretend that Niantic has announced that a previously held community day is coming back next month. Which returning Pokemon would you like to see and why? You can answer the question when it's post on our Twitter feed. You can also answer it if you're a patron of ours in the Discord. We have a channel set up just for it. You can leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. Or you can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before we do anything relating to mails and voicemails, emails, all sorts of things like that, we're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E, who this week, this is a big deal. It is the one year anniversary of PVP Corner. Now, I don't believe that, but it's true. <laughs> time time <laughs> I, is linear. It's scary I, that way. Honestly, they mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, no, that can't be true. It's true. It's <laughs> true. true. It's been a year already, and it's incredible. They've gotten nothing but positive feedback. They got a couple of like points of feedback that they incorporated right away. It's we're, we're thrilled. We, we say that every single week. We love them uh, for doing this consistent segment and making our show actually have some useful <laughs> PvP information. So it's the one year anniversary of PvP Corner. They're going to touch on the championship series like we did a little bit. There's going to be a mailbag and there's going to be oh so much more. So buckle up and enjoy this very special edition of PvP Corner. Hi, I'm Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that has a one-year runtime. DeFi, what's going on in PvP right now? Fish, the big news, Pokemon Go's actually an eSport now. Yeah, like, <laughs> that happened so fast. And, so, and like, just, it just dropped on our lap. Like, oh, yeah, okay, it's, it's an eSport now. All right, how about you tell us a little bit about what happened? So... Play Pokemon made an announcement that in the 2022 Play Pokemon World Championships, Pokemon Go will be an official event. There will be qualifying events in national locations and regional locations, and there will be an official Pokemon-sanctioned world champion as of 2022. Oh, there'll be prizes and glory. I am very excited. We don't have a ton of details yet. We know that there'll be two age divisions, senior and masters. It'll be taking place in the Great League and reaching Legend and Go Battle League this season and next season. So season nine and 10 allows you kind of an early access to competing at Worlds. But we don't know everything yet. We know that other trainers, even if you haven't hit Legend yet, there'll be other opportunities to qualify. But the full rules will be released soon, and when we have the full rules, we'll talk about them a little bit more. Moving on to GBL. Fish, you cannot hide from me. I saw you on stream playing Little Cup. Yeah, yeah, it happened. I made the jump. So, okay, here's, here's my line of thinking, okay? Okay. One of my favorite songs is a song called The Times They Are A-Changing by Bob Dylan. And it's not because I particularly like the sound of the song. I mean, it sounds all right, but like it's it's very dated. It's, it's it sounds very old fashioned. It's the message of the song that I, th- I find very profound. It it basically talks about 
how society moves on, it changes, it evolves, that train is leaving the station, and it doesn't care one bit whether you're on that train or not, it's going to go ahead with or without you. And sometimes I have to just remind myself of that every now and then. And I feel like this is a situation where that has happened. I have been rallying against the idea of these little cups. I have been on my soapbox about how much better (laughs) Sylph is than GBL. I need to just pull my head in and just accept this is a thing. It's going to be a thing whether I like it or not. And so either get on board or get left behind. So that that's why I decided let's just make a freaking jungle cup team. And yes, I was doing it on stream and you caught me. You found me playing the team. So how has Little Jungle Cup been going for you? What teams have you tried out? Um I I went very very meta. I went with Cottony, Stunfisk, Galarian Stunfisk and Ducklet. Um but I did put Water Gun on Ducklet instead of Wing Attack, which is Wing Attack's the more recommended move, but I, I do like the coverage that Water Gun has been giving me. Um, and yeah, it's it's been it's been good. I've been having fun. Awesome. My little cup team has been Skarmory, Barboach, and Cottony, and it's been kind of hit or miss with me. Uh, pretty much, if I see fire in the lead, I have to just kind of top left, just quit. <laughs> like there is no way for me to come back from a fire lead. But as long as that doesn't happen, it does okay. Um, Skarmory, obviously, uh, dealing a ton of damage. Barboach, sometimes people don't expect that Ice Beam. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's it's a powerful move for such a tiny, tiny Pokemon. <laughs> Have you looked at the Master League at all? Uh, well, I mean, part of the reason I, I did decide to make a Jungle Cup team is because I did two sets of, of Master League and, and won one battle, so... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, done too much in Master League. I kind of want to try a little bit of Master League. I know that a lot of the same Pokemon that are good have stayed good, like Garchomp and Metagross. I really want to build a Lugia with Aeroblast. I think that would be really good and really fun. So definitely some things to think about. Mm-hmm. And just taking a quick peek ahead, October 15th starts Open Great League, and the Halloween Cup is coming up as well, which we can touch on a little bit more next week. Moving on to Sylph, we have officially started Season 4 and the Lunar Cup, and there were some updates to the rules released by the arena, and I think some really, really good ones, DeFi. I agree. First up, we have some new tournament formats that you can have. So, for example, tournament organizers can host a round robin where you battle everyone. You can do double elimination uh, formats as well, in addition to kind of the standard Swiss-style Swiss Swiss style Sylph tournaments. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> Swiss-style Sylph <laughs> tournaments that we've been doing uh, this whole time. And you can rank these tournaments. The only thing is you can't use them for your ten times rank. For your ten times rank, you still have to do that standard Swiss-style tournament bracket. But adding a little bit of spice, adding some diversity yeah. into the tournament brackets is pretty cool. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, for the round-robin tournaments, uh, you're only allowed to have between four and eight competitors, because otherwise, you know, if you are if you had 16 people in your tournament, then that would be a 15-rounder, <laughs> which I don't think anyone wants. 
The next thing is they are monitoring the whole global COVID-19 situation and they have outlined a potential return to in-person tournaments. Yeah, as early as January. I am hoping that we can get this global situation under control because I miss in-person tournaments. Mm. So, But until that point, make sure that you are keeping your tournaments remote and you cannot rank or do any official tournament that is mm. um, held in person. Yeah. And once once they do allow in-person tournaments, they will be doing it in a limited capacity just so they can keep an eye on how people are running these tournaments and making sure they are still providing a very COVID-safe environment. Next up, talking about the rematch rule change. So now the rule for if there's a rematch. So let's say Fish and I are battling and Fish requests a rematch. Fish DMs me and says, I want a rematch. Well, because he asked for a rematch, I get to choose. Are we going to use the same three Pokemon that we did last time? Or are we going to keep the same lead Pokemon while allowing the back two Pokemon to change? So the person who did not request the rematch has the option to select kind of how those battle parties are going to be. They've tinkered with how to settle tiebreakers again. They have decided that if two players have the same number of matchup wins at the end of a tournament, then that tie will be broken by individual battle wins, followed by Buchold score, followed by global rank if that happens to be the same. So that's interesting. Finally, Fish, do you remember how I built two different Crawdons because I needed them with two different movesets? I had a good old laugh at that one. Well, now (laughs) Sylph has updated the rules so that doesn't have to happen to anyone else. (laughs) You are now allowed to TM your Pokemon between concurrent tournaments. So this is very remote tournament friendly because oftentimes I'm in six remote tournaments at the same time. And the old rule used to be is you could not TM your Pokemon once you started the tournament. So even if I'm in six tournaments, they're going on all at the same time remotely over a period of a week i can't switch back and forth if i want two different move sets for two different tournaments i'd need two different pokemon now you can tm your pokemon between those concurrent tournaments as long as you return it to the move set it was registered for at the outset of the tournament yeah and you got to be very careful to be on top of that one because if you do forget to tm it back to its original move set and then try and go into battle with it that's absolutely grounds for a loss. So be careful. All right. That kind of hits on the main updates for the new Sylph season. Fish, I have a Lunar Cup team and I'm not quite sure if I like it. Do you want to hear about (laughs) my Lunar Cup team? Yeah, lay it on me. All right. I've got three bugs. Not one, not two, but three. I've got Crustle, Escavalier, and Galvantula. And then to back them up, I've got Magnezone, Zwilus and Frostlass. Okay. Um, so Mandibuzz is a very popular Pokemon in this meta, and you will have absolutely no trouble <laughs> with Mandibuzz whatsoever. I know. I used to actually, Escavalier's the only loss to Mandibuzz. I used to have Umbreon on my team, and Umbreon beats Mandibuzz. <laughs> Yeah. So wow. I used to have six Pokemon that beat Mandibuzz on this team, but I, I switched it out for a Scavalier because I wanted a counter user. 
Um, the second thing I notice is that double electric is a really interesting way to go, especially Magnezone. Magnezone is not particularly popular so far. It's being used by 5% of players. Yeah, but it just has a lot of really solid wins mm. in the meta. Because, yeah, you know, it beats, it beats Mandibuzz, it beats Crustle, it beats, you know, Ombreon. Like, it has a lot of really, really good wins. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's a really, really nice pick. You just have to avoid the counter users, essentially. So Obstagoon, Heracross, and Escavalier are the big three. Just, yeah, all you have to do is avoid that, and you're you're in a good position. So I'm not sure if this is my team yet. This is just something I'm playing around with. It has absolutely no bulk. It has negative bulk. So I'm going to have to shield a lot. Most of my Pokemon can be taken out with one solid hit, so I got to be really careful. But So I might make some tweaks on it yet. I might make some changes, but it's something I'm thinking about. How's Lunar Cup going for you, Fish? Well, one thing that I have discovered that I did not talk about last week was I did bring up ghost Pokemon and I talked about Drifblim being a really good option. I still do think that, but a ghost that I've realized is probably a lot better in terms of how it breaks a lot of those cores that are popular is Golurk because it's got that ground and ghost typing, which means it resists everything that a Heracross can throw at you. It will crush Magnezone with its mud slap. It will uh, crush anything electric. So Alolan Graveler, which is double weak to ground, uh, you know, takes care of that very, very easily. Um, it beats Crustle, resists the Rock Slide and the Excisor from that. Um, in fact, here's one thing I did not know until I faced one. It also can learn Dynamic Punch, so it can one-shot as wireless. I learned that the hard way, <laughs> DeFi. That sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah, right. So go lurk, very glassy, um, and absolutely keep it well away from Mandibuzz. But other than that, look into it. Well, with that, I think we can move on to our anniversary mailbag. Are you ready? We have a lot of mail to go through. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. Our first email is from Axiom Nor. They say, hi, Fish and DeFi. I wanted to say thanks for all the interesting PvP corner segments. I recently ran Shadow Pincer in Ultra Remix based on Fish's experience. I wanted a glass cannon team for Go Battle Day and ended up running Gengar in the lead with Shadow Pincer and Shadow Lapras in the back. It was a lot of fun. I've also tried running it on an all-bug team with Genesect and Caesar, which worked fine until a Talonflame glances at them. <laughs> Congratulations on a year of PvP Corner, Axiom Nor. Thank you so much for the support. I'm glad that the PvP Corner segments have been helping you out and you got to use a little bit of spice based on Fish's experience. And that does sound like a lot of fun to use, <laughs> that team. Next one's from Tim, who says, Hey, Fish and DeFi, congrats on your one year with the podcast. As someone who really got into the battle mechanics of this game when GBL was released, I love hearing your segment every week. It also has encouraged me to try out something I've been considering, but never made the jump to. Sylph Cups! I'm planning on trying them out for the first time with the start of the season and the Lunar Cup, which leads to my question for you both. How do you prepare for Sylph Cups differently than GBL? I'm not talking about reading the rules or analyzing the meta on PvPoke, although maybe that's the bulk of it. 
but more of the bits and pieces that get shared but not discussed. For example, training. I hear about people doing scrimmage battles and testing their teams out. Is that really necessary or is that only for the hardcore competitors? What about screen recording battles? Should I be ready to do that too? Anything else you would like to add? For reference, I'm looking to participate more as a fun new way to test my knowledge of the game as opposed to pushing the leaderboards, which is absolutely fine. We always say that having fun is more important than, you know, statistical wins. All right, so let's tackle the question first. How do you prepare for Silph Cups differently than GBL? Well, Tim, you mentioned the big part of it, practicing. I would say that I practice more because there's that element of team building. There's that element of having your six Pokemon and being able to pick a good line of three to take up against your opponent's six Pokemon and trying to guess which three they're going to bring. That requires some practice and that's definitely a big component. I also use the team builder function for Sylph a lot more than I do for Go Battle League. So team builder on PV Poke. I use that a lot more and I go a lot more in depth in that feature. Where in Go Battle League, I pick three Pokemon that I want to use and I try it out. I just go right into Go Battle League. <laughs> How about you, Fish? How do you prepare differently? So the big thing that I try and, and get the hang of is finding a balance between using the meta and beating the meta. So in my current team, I've got like four Pokemon that I think are in the top six most used of the cup, but then I've got a couple of extra Pokemon that I think are are really solid core breakers and ones that can wreak havoc against those top Pokemon. So I think that balance is a a big key to preparing. Also, um, I do think practice battles are really important if, if you do care about, you know, getting as, as good a result as possible. Um, because for me, I tend to do best at the end of a month because I'm so used to the team by then. I've had all the practice with it and I can understand how to flip a matchup that shouldn't be a winning matchup. Like I know, okay, I have to get this much energy and swap it back in later to to snipe this Pokemon to, to get the win or, or, or something like that. Like having that practice helps you to get the hang of all those really nuanced things that you can't work out on a simulator like PV Poke. All right, let's continue on. Tim continues the email saying, I also wanted to share a quick story, if I may. A few weeks ago, I finished listening to the latest GoCast episode and was thinking to myself, I really should support this team on Patreon but then waved the thought away with my non-committing attitude and instead proceeded to open my game and do a GBL set or two. Well, as luck would have it, the first battle boots up and the trainer's name was none other than Fish on a Heater. I was floored. It was a sign. After that battle, I promptly made my way over to Patreon and became a supporter. Anyway, I thought you both might enjoy that. Thanks so much. Looking forward to more PvP corners and Sylph Cup breakdowns from Tim, whose trainer name is Tim at Rap. I looked at that battle on Twitch, and uh, that battle happened during the day where I wasn't allowed to switch. That was kind of my challenge for the stream. And stupid me, I, you know, I, I was in a good position in the battle, and then Tim switched out to another Pokemon, and I just 
did make the switch myself and so that kind of threw me off because i'm like oh great i just broke my own rules and that just kind of threw me off the rest of the battle (laughs) um so tim did beat me in the end all right congratulations tim and thank you so much for the support and the very kind email next up is from pharaoh wanted to drop a quick congrats on one year fish on a heater in DeFi. i always viewed pvp as ugh. it's on the special research i'll just clear it to achieving ace this season because of you guys I know Chris and Kyle did joke about GoCast becoming a PvP podcast, but I found myself replaying your segments the most to figure out how I can best build my team and understand the meta. And all the kudos to Chris and Kyle for bringing you guys on. It's been a great year, and here's to more PvP goodness down the road. I just want to stop there. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all of the positive support. I cannot believe, I still can't believe it's been a year since Fish and I were joking around (laughs) saying... Hey, you know what would be really funny? (laughs) If we came on the podcast and talked about PvP, that would be hilarious. Yeah, and I I will never forget the way Chris was just like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, really? Yeah. (laughs) Just like, here's the keys. Here's our our podcast. (laughs) And I cannot thank Chris and Kyle enough for the support and the the freedom that they give us. They, They just trust us to do what we feel is best for the podcast um the, the any any kind of support or information we need they're there with us and yeah I, I just all the thanks in the world to chris and kyle and i echo that completely continuing on to fioran's question they say i'm really stuck on ace in go battle league and i cannot seem to progress in little jungle cup or in master league see if i want to look ahead in the calendar what should I start aiming for? I have my trusty Great League team good to go, Skarmory, Whiskash, and Vigoroth, but I've never been this highly ranked, so I'm not really sure what to expect. Would love to get Legend, but honestly, if I could maintain above a 2,000 rating, that would be nice. From Firoan. All right, well, Firoan, I actually put your team into the Great League team builder for PV Poke, and it's actually pretty solid. You have really good coverage over the main meta. Like, you have some answers for Galarian Stunfisk. You can beat Bastiodon. You can beat Altaria. Like, you can beat a lot of the really main Pokemon in the meta. So I would say if you're looking ahead in the Go Battle League calendar, I would say October 11th to October 25th when it's the Open Great League. Or maybe take a look at the Halloween Cup, too. That begins on October 15th and goes all the way until November 2nd. So maybe if you're frustrated with the Little Jungle Cup or Master League, those might be some good things to take a look at. Next up, we have Greninja Muffin, who says, Hello, Fish and DeFi. I want to congratulate and thank you both for your advice. Thanks to you, I've gone from a complete noob to a semi-competent battler. Small wins. I also finally feel comfortable in Ultra League and am considering making the leap to Sylph. Keep up the outstanding work on GoCast. A few questions for you. What is your favorite Pokemon slash core to run in Great League and Ultra League? And what was your favorite Sylph Cup to play and why? Regards, Greninja Muffin. So for me, favorite core, I was so in love with the core that I made in Ultra League Remix of Flygon, Umbreon, and Typhlosion. I, (laughs) I was making leaps of like 200 points a day with that team and then kind of blowing it all with my my dumb 
Twitch challenges each week. But I, yeah, did so well. Uh, it had so much play against so many different threats, even like against a Charmer lead, which you would think should wreck this team. I was still doing very, very well. So, yeah, that that's probably my favorite core that I've used. Uh, as for single Pokemon, probably Rainy Cast Form or Defense Deoxys. I really like the play that you can have with those two Pokemon. In Great League, I love the Gobbler squad. Shout out to Fighting Gobbler, the OG user of this team. Altaria lead, Defense Deoxys safe swap, Lantern in the back. It's so good. And I think part of the reason I love it is because I know that team inside outside, backwards, and forwards. I know all the matchups, and I feel super comfortable with it, which really, really helps. But probably my favorite single Pokemon to use in general is Frostlass. I love it as a safe swap. It can do so well if you give it an energy lead. It's just really glassy, so you need to have shields for it. In Ultra League, my favorite Pokemon to use are the ones that I work really, really hard to get that XL Pokemon for, like my Talonflame, Umbreon, Clefable. So the ones that I put in that effort, those are the Pokemon I like to use. How about for your Silph Cups fish? Which one was your absolute favorite to play? Well, I had to remind myself by looking at my Silph Travelers card where you can show your favorite five trophies that you've won in arena battles and what i've got on there is the first two regionals competitions the jungle cup boulder cup and prismatic so the first two regionals uh i mean the the first regionals was such a a crazy fun experience they just said okay all the types of all the different cups we've had up until now all of those types are allowed for regionals so um that was really interesting it was also the the breakout of galade as a meta pokemon do you remember that defi i just remember going to chicago for my first sylph regional and not knowing at all what i was doing (laughs) i still think i got there on a fluke and then the second season i believe was just um voyager cup they just repeated voyager cup because it was such a a a weird unique meta jungle cup was a season one cup seven months in and it was the first time i ever swept a tournament for zero boulder cup just being the first cup and just it being something new and exciting and prismatic is one that was in season three and it was the one that i've mentioned before I did super, super well, um, beat a lot of very high-ranking battlers, and catapulted into the top 1,000 in the world with that cup. I have a lot of similar cups that were my favorite, and they're all associated with good memories. Like how I mentioned, I went down to Chicago in a van with my friends, and just doing that first self-regionals was so much fun. Also, the Boulder Cup because that was the first ever Sylph tournament and just the community coming together to hold in-person live tournaments and events. And we did a potluck thing. That was really cool. The Jungle Cup was actually also my first sweep. I won that 4-0. I beat my biggest rival, my biggest local rival, Jojo. And that was really awesome. And then Labyrinth Cup, that was a remote cup, but it was the first time I ever swept a tournament that large. I swept the girls at PvP Mega Tournament. It was six rounds. That was probably and still is my biggest PvP accomplishment. Finally, we have a question from Trent who says, Hi there. 
Yes, I have a question for DeFi and Fish for their one-year anniversary segment. My question is as follows. I love your segment so much. Isn't your segment great? And follow-up question. You guys are the greatest. Aren't you guys great? Your friend, Tribird. Tribird is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for the support. And no, Tribird, all I have to say is, no, you. <laughs> you. Yeah. You are so great. Agreed. And so are all of our listeners. Thank you so, so, so much for all of the support. We actually got quite an overwhelming amount of support. Fish, you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I popped the question in. That makes me sound like I'm getting married. Um, I. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I put out the call in Pallet Town for some questions because, you know what? I'm going to admit it. I wasn't sure how much response we would get. Um, naturally. So I, I asked the people in the Pallet Town Discord community and they answered with a whole bunch of questions, but we ended up getting in like plenty to work with from the GoCast listeners. So what we've decided to do is answer all the Pallet Town questions in another mailbag next week. And we love hearing your feedback. We've been saying it since day one for this whole year. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or myself, even if it's just an email to say hello and let us know how you're doing in the PvP arena, you can always direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can also click on more Fish or more DeFi-E to take you to our other projects and other ways to contact us, like taking a look at Twitch or sending us a message on Twitter. And with that, happy anniversary to PvP Corner. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much, Fish and DeFi E. Again, congratulations on one year of PvP Corner. And thank you so much for being a consistent part of the show and a, a very important part of our team. You're the best. Okay, Kyle, I think I think we're almost there. We are almost there. We just got like a couple of more hurdles. But what's the next one? What, what is that again? It means it's time for emails and one voicemail. We're going to play the voicemail first. <laughs> Hi, Chris and Kyle. This is Seattle Zuber Dad wishing you a happy new year. Sort of. Um, when I was in the military, I started. Well, I learned that they start the fiscal new year on October 1st instead of January. And one year I decided, why don't I try doing my New Year's resolutions in October? Because I always fail when I do them in January. <laughs> and I found that, at least for me, that that works. <clears throat> so here's my Pokemon resolutions for the year. First of all, I want to make level 46 by the end of the year. I just uh, did 45, so I want to do that. Um, I want to play at least one round of PvP a day. Uh, Fish and DeFi, you got to me. I really have not played PvP much at all, and I want to <laughs> give it a shot. You've inspired me. Um, oh. Third, I want to walk at least 25 kilometers every week. Sometimes I make that. Sometimes I don't. I want that to be consistent every week. Same. Finally, Chris, I need your help. Uh-oh. I want to catch at least six shiny legendaries that I don't already have. Oh. And that's going to require doing more raids. 
And that's going to require buying more raid passes. <laughs> now I have three kids to feed, so I'm on oh. budget. Okay. Um, I figure I can afford to spend about ten dollars a month. And what I would like to ask you, Chris, is how can I make that stretch a little bit farther? What are some tips you can think of that will help me do more raids with that than I might otherwise? So thank you very much, and Happy New Year. <laughs> okay. Well, Seattle Uber Dad, Happy New Year to you as well. So just to clarify, Kyle, did you catch it? Was it shiny legendaries or new legendaries in general? New shiny legendaries. Okay. All right. So to answer that particular question, first of all, I have to say, if you're not a PVP -er and your introductory goal is to play just one match a day, I think that's a, that's a really reasonable and honest goal. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. that's great. Good for you. Not being like, I'm going to do all my matches every single day, every single day, because oh Kyle and I have both tried to do that. And at various levels it's of interest so in PVP, type. it's, it's a lot, it's so much, it's, it's a so lot, much. it's a lot. Um, but anyway, to, to answer your question. So if you have only $10 for like a month, my recommendation would probably be to, first of all, make sure you use your free passes every single day, get a chance to maximize the amount of opportunities you get to roll a shiny, right? Don't raid things you already have, even if you already want the candy for it or something like that, because your goal is new shinies. So don't take away options and shiny checks from yourself if that is truly your top priority. Uh, secondly, I would probably spend those 10 bucks either towards or for, depending on how many coins you have and how good you are at gym defense, towards a box that appropriately has raid passes in it. So basically don't be doing remote raid passes. Try to find regular premium raid passes at a value, which is usually in a box. So this will require a, a pretty dedicated uh, play style around gym defense <laughs> as well. Um, but that's pretty much it. You know, there's not a whole lot to do around it. Unfortunately, this game is built that if you just buy more raid passes, you have a better opportunity. But from what you've got going on, Rely on the free stuff. Rely on the bundles. Uh, get your 50 coins a day. You know, make sure you're checking the free boxes every single week for the remote raid pass. Stuff like that. Like, there's a bunch of ways to enjoy this game free to play. We should probably go back and either bring somebody back on again or do a little segment on free to play play because it's been a while, Kyle. Mm -hmm. I have I have a couple of more suggestions. One of them I'm actually going to be opposite to chris because it's it varies very heavily on where you live the no remote raid passes remote raid passes are still pretty cheap right now they're slightly more expensive than regular passes but if you don't care about everything that else that comes in a box you don't actually save any coins unless the box has you know, 18 raid passes in it, I suppose. But I haven't I haven't looked at a box with raid passes in it in forever, so I couldn't tell you what they look like. True. And lastly, so a great note, you're starting to do more PvP. Raid bosses can be a PvP reward if you get a high enough rank. So if you find yourself liking PvP, you can put in that grind and you can add a whole bunch of chances to your overall pool if you do it for the whole year yeah 
And and the last note I just want to say Starbucks also starts their fiscal year in October. So it's not it's not completely crazy. I don't know if I would rely on on corporate Starbucks to for uh, my sanity litmus test, but uh, I'm biased. So, <laughs> uh, and I did pop over and take a look at chat, and Google Rewards was shouted out as well. Uh, one of my friends, if you have an Android phone, I think I don't think I can. I don't think I can do this. I think it's only through their Play Store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can claim rewards as it like through reviews and surveys and stuff. You can earn a little bit of money um towards like your wallet there and then that allows you to all you can spend them on poker coins so that's a good call out absolutely good call out uh but that's our voicemail so on to the first email first emails from tucker and it's a list of pokemon star wars crossover names in response to the email two weeks ago now two or three they're pretty good we got qui-gon jinx i like it i think that's my favorite one i've heard so far Han Solosis. <laughs> Landorus Calrissian. That one I like is that good. One a lot. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Mon Mothim. That one's a, a bit of a deeper, deeper cut for some what is it? fans. Uh, Mon Calamari is the race of Admiral Akbar. And so Mon hmm. thing is, is a naming convention with there i don't know if motham is a specific reference with the m but now this one i have no idea what it's referencing poplio damarin damarin i don't i don't know who what character that's referencing and i feel bad that i don't i was hoping you were gonna carry me through this i it's just the only one i I don't obviously (laughs) i feel like i'm just missing something and i'm i'm being silly but Mm mm-hmm Next is Jang Mo Fat, which is that's pretty good. That's that's, that's, that's a great pretty one. Solid. Yep. Princess Lady Ba, also <laughs> also solid. Yeah. That's the whole email. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole email. No, no, no goodbye, which is okay, and that's it. So if any of those strike your fancy, I, I I like them. I like several of them a lot. If anybody else has other ideas, please send them in because we love Star Wars and Pokemon, obviously. So this will always be a welcome thing. <laughs> it's great. But thank you for the email, Tucker, and the suggestions. This next one's from Javon. Hello, my po- my Pogo Siombi. It's apparently a word for 18th century Korean scholars known for their selfless virtue. Ooh, <laughs> we've been mischaracterized. Here is something I've been thinking about. For fun, I've been creating my own Pokemon region based off of Africa called Kikamba or Kaikamba. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. I have been reading a lot of the Poke lore, looking for new things to incorporate. I have learned there are 17 dual types that have no Pokemon associated with them. Uh-huh. Here is the list. Normal ice, normal bug, normal rock, normal poison, normal steel. I group these together because while I love normal as a type, as part of a dual type, I feel like it's kind of pointless. Except in one instance, and I put it at the top of the rest of the list here. Normal ghost. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad. I think that's a good call out from the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the remaining types are bug dark, ice poison, rock ghost, bug dragon, fighting fairy. I thought we had. Oh, we have a dragon bug, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fighting ground, fire, grass, fighting electric, fire, fairy, fairy, ground and steel poison. So my question is, if you could create a Pokemon with one of these types, what would it be? You can give it one form or the whole evolutionary family. You must give it a name and what you would base it on 
animate or inanimate object. Give it a little bit of lore for extra points. There are three levels of difficulty. Oh, boy. This is a writing prompt, boy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> easy. Take an existing Pokemon and change its typing, i.e. Alolan and Galarian forms. Example, in my region of Kikamba, Armaldo is Bug Dragon. Medium. It's a good change. Yes. Medium. Give a two-stage evolution Pokemon a third stage. Examples. In Kikamba, Archaeops evolves into Pianarch, a, or Fe- Theonarch, a phoenix-like fire fairy type. Through special training, Hitmonchan can evolve into Hitmondig, a fighting ground type. I love that Hitmondig. That's funny. That name comes from the fact Hitmonchan kind of looks like Diglett and Dugtrio. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Just give him the nose. Just give him the nose. Oh, no. <laughs> With special training, Hitmonlee can evolve into Jetmonlee, a fighting electric type. That's awesome. His appearance would change. He would lose the gloves, wear a gi, and have spiky, sparkly hair. Yes, Hitman Lee just went Super Saiyan. His name continues the pattern of inspiration from great martial artists. The name is inspired by the great Jet Lee, which if you didn't already know that, that's a cool little fun factoid. Mm -hmm. Hard. Create a new Pokemon. Examples. One of the mythical Pokemon in Kikamba is Zia, a fighting fairy type. It is a protector and loves to come to the aid of those determined to continue despite the odds stacked against them. It is based on the myth of the African fairy, Aziza. Zizea looks like a cross between a large African swallow, swallowtail and Celebi, except it's more mammalian than buggy than the swallowtail or grassy like Celebi. Hope that makes sense. In my head, it makes sense. Trust me. We trust you. Ninu is a grass type. It is very cute and looks like a large shrub. Monty Python fans will know where it comes from. <laughs> After its battle experience reaches a certain level it can evolve but only after it is burned in battle by a fire move from a fire pokemon that's a cool oh my god that's a cool condition that's awful. Uh, that's it great. then evolves into mozamita the grass fire type pokemon the name mozamita comes from the japanese mose wamita which means moses saw because moses saw the burning bush wow I, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty well done it resembles a very large bushy plant or tree when asleep, it looks like a lush green leafy bush. When awake, the sharp thorns on its branches have visible buds protruding. When angry or when in battle, the buds bloom into pure fire. Yet its lush green foliage is visible through the flames. It can control its flames while it's awake. One problem for many Mozamita is that they live in grassy, woody areas. And on occasion, while sleeping, a Mozamita will have a nightmare, burst into flames and destroy their home. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Oh, okay. Because of this, Mozamita are fond of water type Pokemon. Anyway, I thought this might be fun for you guys in the community to try. I would like to challenge Kyle to come up with something from Normal Ghost. I really think he'd come up with something good. Or don't. Either way is fine. <laughs> Anyways, as the people of Kikamba say, I don't know what they say. I haven't come up with it yet. So, uh, <laughs> shiny vibes all. Thanks, Mitch. So, right. Thank you to Mitch. This was obviously not sent by Mitch. This was sent by Javon. All right. So, uh, we have to create a Pokemon from one of the types that's missing. Uh huh. And we can do the easy, medium, or hard route. Easy was take an existing Pokemon and change it. Medium was give a second stage evolution Pokemon a third stage. And hard is create a brand new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So I have an answer for normal ghost. And I don't know if you thought I wouldn't or not, but I didn't think you would. You didn't think I would. All right. Well, then I will go second because I need to hear what you're going to say. No, I, I'm still thinking. So please go ahead. Oh, uh, okay. Normal ghost um third the heart the hardest here although i'm not going to have a name because this is not enough time for me to think about this it would be a book it would be an enchanted book 
well, a haunted book. It's a ghost type. And it would be a two-stage evolution. The first stage would be like a ripped out page from a book or something to that effect. And the second evolution would be an entire like massive, thick, like wizard's tome type thing that when it uses attack, it like flips open and shoots out the shadow ball, for example. And I just, I think normal ghost fits that like really, really well. I think so too. That's, that's a really good idea. <laughs> and like, if, if you really want to, you can go even deeper. If you want, instead of having the giant wizard tome type thing, you can just have a regular book. And the third evolution could be like an entire bookcase. And it's in a game that, you know, you explore a mansion and there's an entire library there and you're just bombarded with the first stage evolution stuff like that. And I just, I think there's a, there's definitely a great idea. I love, there. I love that because like the, the haunted books and bookshelves thing, like the library scene is kind of like a classic horror scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Plus we already have like, you know, Dragonfoot will shoot Dreepy out of its, out of its face. Yeah. So this bookshelf could shoot the books out. Yeah, exactly. Or if you went with the book, it could shoot like razor sharp pages and stuff like that. Yeah. It works as a, a physical attacker or a special or like and fake looking unown, like yeah. the, the letters. Yeah, see, it's, it writes itself. I'm, I, I'm really glad I thought of it. It just, it was the first thing that came to my mind when I thought of normal ghosts. So, I, for the record, I do think a possessed book would write itself. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, I'm going to claim ice poison, and I don't really have a lot going on here, but I, I kind of want it to be, and I know we have enough snake like Pokemon for sure. Or sorry, snake Pokemon. <laughs> Forgive me. But what I want is there's so <laughs> there are snakes that swim in the water, like sea snakes and stuff like that. And I always find them really, really interesting because they can swim by like moving their bodies really quickly to create more surface area and create propulsion down. I would love to see that, but in snow and they're able to burrow through ice as well. But the fangs its fangs are uh, icicles and it when it bites things, it gives them it poisons them with frostbite new get debuff it? get it yeah it would be like it, it would just be a way of justifying the poison type that frostbite is a type of poison that you yeah, could weaponize i suppose yeah. uh and that's kind of as far as i've gotten in the short time we've been here <laughs> okay okay but yeah um, this is a fun exercise for sure i want i want to throw out one more thing on the easy tier there is absolutely zero reason that galarian uh, that Runagrigus is not rock ghost type. It is offensive that it is not rock type. Yeah, that's it. Just I'm I'm still offended, and we are now uh almost two years removed. I think. Mm-hmm. So, so still keeping you up at night, huh? It, yeah. Every time I think about that Pokemon, I'm just like. <sighs> Ruined. <laughs> ruined it well anyway thank you very much for the email uh javon really appreciate it this is a fun a fun exercise for sure and if dear listeners if you would like to take this challenge on please feel free to send us an email or something we'd love to hear what you have to say next email is from kelvin and he said hey guys how's life on this maybe tuesday evening Ooh, so close nope we don't have to answer that question now last week you mentioned my lack of veteran if i'm honest i got to ace and then stopped My last battle was on the Go Battle League day. I think Pokemon Unite came out around then on mobile. So that's what I've been doing instead. When are we going to do some battles? Me and my girlfriend are really enjoying Unite. We both play best with Lucario, though. When it was on Switch, we'd have a battle each and then swap. 
but now we can play together. One of us has to use someone else. So I go Man Was Fine, which was recently released, or Talonflame, which I've seen Chris play really well on Twitch. Oh, and my girlfriend And my girlfriend sometimes plays Gardevoir or Slowbro. On the note of Snap DLC, we really enjoyed it for about a week. Then haven't really touched it since. Life slash other Pokemon games just get in the way, I guess. I dread to think where we are ranked globally now, but we were in the top 100 for total score. And highest we got in a course was 14th in the world. Now for Pokemon Go. I've barely been playing the past few weeks because of my new job and Unite coming out. I'm not sure the average events have helped me want to play either, though. However, I'm really enjoying this something something jungle. <laughs> and I even got my long awaited Tamatoa. 10 points to whoever gets the name reference. It's, it's, it's the crab from, from Moana. Oh, right? is it? Right? That's, that's, that's the reference to that one. I'm I don't know. My sure. brain went to, to Krakatoa. <laughs> that's, I mean, I think that might be yeah. in relation, but I'm pretty sure that's maybe you, you're saying, are you saying you got a shiny Krabby? Did, did you get a shiny Krabby? I think I, so. I, I kind of need to know. I think so. Cause it's shiny. Yes. <laughs> 10 points to whoever gets the name reference. Shiny Rufflet, unfortunately, isn't having the same result. If you could send some shiny vibes, that would be great. I kind of have a Pokepole answer, but it will never happen. I would love to play in Ant- Antarctica. Weather-boosted steel types every day. Loads of ice-type spawns. And if there's a gym anywhere at all, being an instinct player, I might even be able to hold a gym for like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there's the catch. Antarctica is a prime place for spoofers, so they'll just kick you out immediately. It's like that one gym inside the Pentagon of in the U.S. Right, right, right. <laughs> Anyways, in the break room. <laughs> Anyways, have a good one. Cal drinks custard, resident average player, snap master, and no longer veteran ever again. <laughs> Maybe oh, one day. Maybe one, one day. day. Yeah, don't be yeah. like that. Yeah, come on. But send, sending you all the shiny vibes for a rufflet. Sending everybody shiny vibes for Rufflet. Yes. May, may you get a shiny Rufflet, because I know I never will. I've done more Rufflets than Genesex, and it still I, is not. No, I have out not for done me. any raids. No? I did the one Genesect, and that's it. Well, you and I are supposed to meet up this weekend for Duskull Community Day, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll peer I'll, pressure you into some Rufflets or something. I'll, I'll do some raids if I'm out playing, but like, okay. not, unless, not otherwise. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for the email there, Kelvin. Always always a fun time reading your, your emails. Only the gym for like 45 minutes. It's hilarious. Uh, next one and last one is from Tim. Hey, Chris and Kyle. I started listening to your show this spring and have been enjoying it all summer. I finally jumped into being a patron supporter a couple weeks ago. And although I'm not a huge Discord user, I've really enjoyed the positivity of everyone I've had interactions with. And I even got a couple of raids in. Thanks for fostering a great community. Let me tell you, it fosters itself. Mm-hmm, absolutely mm-hmm. Uh, great bunch of people mm-hmm. while i'm at it i might as well answer the pokepole if i could travel anywhere to play pokemon go i would travel to an in-person event what it's safer to do so whether it be go fest a safari zone or any new event that may be introduced i never had the desire to attend one before but in the past couple of years i've been able to remotely reconnect with some friends through the game and was even able to meet up with a few local community members for go fest this year I would love to experience this on a larger scale at one of these events. Let me tell you, nothing compares. Honestly, I think these remote ones were good, but I also can't wait for us to get back to 
large scale events. With that being said, question for you both. It sounds like you have been to both GoFests and Safari Zones. What exactly is the difference? Do you prefer one over the other and why? So, unfortunately, neither Chris or I have gotten the opportunity to attend a Safari Zone in person. Because prior to 2020, they were mostly on the other side of the world. Yeah. Or other side of the country. Yep. We were really looking forward to being able to go to St. Louis in person. In 2019, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. No, it was, it was in 20, 20, it was 20, 20. It was March of 2020. Yeah. It feels like it was 2019. We, no, I think though. we were planning on it. Wasn't it announced in 2019? It was announced in like December. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that being said, we can tell you the difference between GoFests and Safari Zones. GoFests are like a really big event in a, a prepared area um, where they they put stops in. They do the whole thing. They have built environments and uh, there's like merch pop up shops and food trucks and all that sort of stuff. And Safari Zones are just a little bit less like GoFests have. They release a mythical. There's a whole special research line, all this stuff. And Safari Zones are really just kind of like, hey. Uh, come to this space. It's you can play here. It's usually always good to play here anyway. We'll have a yeah. rare spawn, like a regional or something, and there will be a short research for you to do. But it's not as it's like going on vacation versus going to an all-inclusive resort. And GoFest is the all-inclusive resort, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good a good way to to summarize it. Lastly, I really enjoy the synergy you both have. It creates a very enjoyable and hilarious show. Maybe it's just Chris's laughter. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm very self-conscious about my laugh. I'm, I know I'm obnoxious. I normally listen while driving to work. And last week, I almost had to pull over when Kyle made this how's a rude introduction. <laughs> that followed by Chris trying to hold it together in the background made me ugly laugh so hard. If there was a ladder in the road, I surely would have hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just just I center just, it, center <laughs> it, man, and jump that ladder. That's all I, I got to say. I just want to say I'm I'm extremely happy that it made at least one person laugh a lot because I was like, this is a quality joke right here. <laughs> just, quality joke. It's just so Kyle Kyle uh, <laughs> brand. Um, that's all for now. Looking forward to more episodes, Discord chats, and belly laughs. Take care, Tim. <laughs> wow. Thank you very much for the email, Tim. Appreciate that you <laughs> like our dorky humor. <laughs> uh, we really just try to make each other laugh. So if you laugh too, that's a win. Yeah, that's a win. Uh, but that brings us to the end of the show here. So if you like to send us an email at these fine folks did, you can to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. You can also go to our website, gocastpodcast.com, for all things GoCast. Follow us on Twitter, our really only social media. We have a Facebook. I just don't use it because <laughs> I like Twitter too much. At GoCastPodcast. <laughs> you can help support us on Patreon as well, where as little as $1 a month gets you access to our Patreon Discord, which is just the best. You hear people talk about it on the show, and it's just where I spend my time on Discord, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But shout out to elite trainer tier patrons, Cyprian Bo, Daniel, Zach Walker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, and new this week, Charles. Thank you very much for helping us keep the digital lights on and for your generous support. We greatly appreciate you. And one review since last week from a Sean Mundy. Great Pokemon Go podcast. All the information you need about events and stuff going on in the Pokemon Go world. Except for when we miss stuff. <laughs> it happens. It does happen. <laughs> but it's gold time, Kyle. And uh, then I promise I'll let you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's it's community day weekend. It's community day. All right. What are you doing? Uh, I'm playing community day. Okay. So I meant goal wise. <laughs> um, is, Wisey is this a, guy. Is this a stardust? It is stardust. Let's go with 600,000 stardust for me okay um i'm not sure how the uh, chris and i are gonna meet up we haven't solidified plans so i don't know how it's gonna look i'm gonna say 35 shiny but part of me just wants to go real big and make a goal i'd never meet but do it no so 30 35 35 35. yeah okay and i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna finish the the zarud stuff so i might as well put that on there it's a gimme all right get (laughs) zarud Yeah, get Zarud. Okay. So six hundred thousand Stardust, thirty-five shinies, and get your Zarud, dude. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna set a goal that I'm I'm not gonna reach, but who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be encouraging for community day. Uh level forty four. That amounts to one point three million experience <laughs> and I need to do my trainer battles for Ultra and Master League, which I literally just need to sit down and do. But Okay. Well, so yeah, you know, maybe I actually start landing excellence on the dust skulls and the XP just rains, but it's not with likely. all due respect. Doubt it. Yeah, I also doubt it. It's okay. <laughs> I, I am. I am honest with myself. All right. Well, I think that's a great list of goals. Good for you. <laughs> Six hundred thousand starters, thirty-five shinies. Get Zerud in level forty-four. All right. For myself, forty shinies because Kyle made me up my ante. 500,000 experience, 800,000 Stardust, 50 eggs, and some other shiny. I've been having some great shiny luck recently. Um, I forgot to even mention it at the top of the show, let alone to you at all, Kyle. But I got three shinies since the last show. Jeez. Nidoran male, Caterpie, and a Dwebble. Oh, you got the Caterpie. Mm-hmm. Sure did. I might have screamed. That's, I, I that's might have, pretty fantastic. I might have yeah. screamed. Uh, and then I also got a hundo, but it was an oddish. So we can just pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah, that's okay. Yep. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, thanks so much for listening all the way through. If you tuned in for this first time, we've ever live streamed us recording. Boy, it, you didn't know what you were in for, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for sticking through. And we'll see all of you on episode 165. Until then, happy catching. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.